Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Welcome to the WAM Podcast. I'm Jennifer McNelly, the CEO of the American Society of Safety Professionals and your host for today's show. When I joined the Society last August, I shared with the staff that I'm a data junkie. I often think that data paints a picture that you don't see. It's neutral. It has information. It's a question of what you do with that data. Today, we're going to spend a little time focusing on the data around gender and workplace safety. I'm very excited to be joined by Dr. Katie Schofield. Thank you, Dr. Schofield, for joining us here today. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. So Dr. Schofield is the assistant professor at the University of Minnesota Duluth. She teaches courses in the Masters of Environmental Health and Safety. Katie, can you please share with our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm in my fourth year as a faculty member at UMD in the MEHS program, which is also where I got my start and earned my master's degree. I have a PhD from the University of Minnesota School of Public Health, and I worked for about a decade in the insurance industry as a safety professional as well. So that's interesting, Katie. Talk to me a little bit about your journey into safety. Well, my journey started at the master's program in Duluth. And I was introduced to my career there, a great cohort of friends who are now all safety professionals, and then also professors who inspired me to eventually earn my PhD and teach. So it was a really extraordinary foundation to start my career. And my first job was in the insurance industry for a work comp carrier that focused on construction clients. That was tough. Construction is a tough industry, I think, to start in. And I also had a lot of residential and small contractors. So you have to learn to sell safety. And there's short timelines and small budgets, and you have to figure out how to make it happen. So that was a, that was a good start where I learned a lot. Later, I moved to another work comp carrier. So I was kind of increasing and deepening my work comp expertise. But at the same time, with this new company, I had a much greater range of clients. And this is where I started working really closely with healthcare and schools and social service organizations, which I felt really, you know, connected to and connected to their mission, kind of of serving, serving others and serving the community. And, you know, all of a sudden it wasn't falls off roofs or, or cuts from power tools that I was seeing, but this is where I started getting my first exposure to these workplace violence injury reports that were coming through. And during this time, I was kind of concurrently working towards my PhD. And since it was within the School of Public Health, there was this really, you know, wide array of interesting research that was beyond the workplace and looking at things that are going on in our communities and looking at things that affect people on a personal level and with their private health. And that, you know, really opened my eyes even more to this holistic look at safety that, you know, what's happening in our homes and our communities comes to work with us. So that really drove that point home. And then I had the opportunity to go back to Duluth and start teaching in the MEHS program, kind of full circle where it all began. Uh, they, I guess they can't get rid of me up there, uh, but I'm back again. And now I'm helping prepare our future safety professionals, which has been this really incredible 
gratifying experience now as I'm kind of on, on the other side, other side of the podium in the classroom. So Katie, with the diversity of your background, big companies and small mission driven, as well as the industry sector, you have a lot of variety in your set of experiences. I think unique to your academic lens as well as you bring that forward to the next generation. You know, we at the society have been engaged in a topic, total worker health. You know, how does an individual who shows up at work impact the environment of safety in the workplace? And what does that mean for safety professionals as we help them prepare? I'd be curious, as, as you've seen safety as an evolving discipline and the research that you've looked at, what does that show you around gender in the workplace and how safety has actually evolved? Well, as you mentioned, safety is an evolving discipline. And, you know, you think you know the whole story or you think you have it figured out. And then you have this experience or this client or you hear about this injury and it really changes your perspective. And, you know, ultimately maybe your approach at how you uh, deal with safety in your workplace, which is, you know, what I think we hope to do today, specifically talking about gender and injury risk in the workplace. And there are some very tangible, touch them, feel them, see them aspects about gender in the workplace, like how the workplace or workstation is designed. Is it designed for a range of sizes, shapes, heights, workplace attire, and personal protective equipment? That is very, you know, easy to see how not having the correct equipment or properly fitting equipment could affect women in the workplace or could specifically affect a risk of injury in the workplace. And besides that, there's also a great body of research out there that is illustrating some notable findings on injury and gender and risk in the workplace. There was a specific research project that I worked on that looked at schools and injury risks and risk factors in school districts. And one of the main things that came out of it was nutrition services, which is a traditionally gendered position of women, had the highest rates of injury. So of everybody working in school districts, bus drivers and janitorial and custodial staff, it was the nutrition services that actually were experiencing the highest rates of injury, which is something that I think was a little bit surprising from our results. Also, I looked on school violence. And this would be violence that is perpetrated by students or inflicted by students on to the staff. And that indicated that even after controlling for the fact that more women work in these positions, that women were still at a 50% greater risk of student-related injury than men within schools, which is a pretty significant finding. And then further looking into this issue, when you look at educational assistants or paraprofessionals that work in the districts, when you compare them to teachers, the risks of injury to this population were 100 to 500% greater, which I think is particularly startling that these comparative wow. risks are so much greater. <laughs> That's pretty 100 to 500% difference between the paraprofessionals and the staff. That's drastic. Which I think brings us to even another topic is that 
the paraprofessionals, as compared to the licensed staff, you know, generally make less money. They have less workplace protections, um, potentially less paid time off benefits. And similarly, in other industries, people who work as home health aides or nursing assistants or personal care assistants, they have similar aspects to their job. Lower protections, lower benefits, less pay, and the fact that if they're injured, they are probably more burdened by the workplace injury. All these things together are kind of known as precarious workplace or precarious work. And a lot of these positions are traditionally gendered positions as well. So not only are women more at risk for violence in some of these positions at work, they also have less protections and less workplace control, maybe even less ability to report injuries in these positions as well. I'm curious if I can dig a little bit deeper because what I also hear is sort of the difference between formal and informal working environments too. So you mentioned home health aides, the right term, and and they could very well be in a very unstructured environment versus a structured environment. As you think about, and this may be a bad analogy, but as you think about the Uber economy and how the, the social compact of the world is wor- of work is changing, I'm curious kind of what some of those implications mean for the safety professional as as they're keeping everybody in the world of work safe? Well, I think the safety professional is going to have to really stretch beyond what, what we've been used to doing for, you know, policies and procedures and practices to keep people safe. So as we have violence, for example, where a lot of the time the violence isn't coming from employees and coworkers, it's coming from students and patients and clients and, and the public or uh, vendors, outside people, and people who work in gig-type jobs. They're not within the four walls of a, of a company. That safety professionals are going to have to really change what we normally do and figure out ways that we can put in policies, interventions, things when we're not dealing specifically with our own employees. We're dealing with people who we may have much less control organizational control over uh, to help keep our employees safe. And from uh, the lens of gender, are there any other areas to be mindful of for our safety professionals? Well, I also think that, you know, looking at, let's say something like a uh, gendered position where you're trying to reduce violence, reduce injuries, and you put controls or interventions in place, that you need to be aware that the risk may not decrease proportionately, especially if you have people in more precarious positions with less control over their work environment. They may not benefit the same way that somebody in a position with more control and more protections over their work environment do. So as you're looking at reducing risk, keeping this in mind, because you may have to make modifications or do different things to control those risks. Sure. And I think that's important in nature of the safety professional, be inquisitive, but also be mindful where there are differences. We've talked about gender differences today. We've talked a little bit about the, I'd call them the socioeconomic differences, the paraprofessional, the professional. ASSP has a strong commitment related to diversity and inclusion and recently released a technical report on workplace violence and actually had a 
local Park Ridge officer walking through the building, being mindful of our own office and what we need to pay attention for. And, you know, we are, we with our members and our volunteer leaders, you know, set the standards around what to be mindful of in keeping individuals safe. And I, I think what you bring to us today is a recognition that the, the mindfulness associated with gender and difference and violence, we have to pay attention to all the inputs and understand them from an organizational perspective. Is that sort of a correct perspective or review of some of the points you've shared with us? Definitely. That, you know, I think hopefully we've, you know, added a piece of information that maybe makes you think a little bit deeper or changes your perspective or adds to your story and your safety toolkit of, hmm, maybe I should, I should uh, consider some of my workplace policies and procedures from a gender lens, from a gender perspective. And that can help me, you know, continually improve my workplace, drive my injury severity and frequency down. And it's not something I never thought of before. So I absolutely agree with you. Well, and I think being mindful of the answer for one is not the answer for all. I often hear that, especially when you, I'll go back to the data that you shared a little bit with us here in terms of digging deeper into the numbers behind the pair, the paraprofessionals I'm you know, and the student-staff ratio from a gender lens in the, some of the school research you've done being 50% greater. So that's an important takeaway of, you know, one size does not fit all. If you have one really important takeaway for our audience today as as they start to apply this lens and from your from your data perspective, from your leadership perspective, and frankly, from your education and informing the next generation, what should they be mindful of? Well, I think the main takeaway is that when maybe looking through things from the lens of gender or just trying to deal with things like workplace violence, that safety professionals are going to have to do things that they probably haven't done before due to the evolving nature of the workplace and the work construct. Uh, we're going to have to put, put our thinking caps on and be creative uh, for different ways to to address these issues. Thank you, Katie, for joining us here today on the WAM podcast. To our listeners, if you want to learn more about the American Society of Safety Professionals, visit our website at assp.org or follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. To get up-to-the-minute WAM podcast updates, subscribe to WAM wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at WAM underscore podcast. Thanks again. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.